Sheila Zielinski Show, the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Sheila Zielinski Show today. I have a fantastic guest, and this show is sponsored by the book I wrote a long time ago, one that I am very fond of. I wrote this back in 2014, and it is called Green Gospel, the New World Religion. And boy, is there a religion of green. And I have on a fantastic guest today, and we're going to jump right into the program because he is long overdue. He is probably one of the smartest men I know, and it is such a pleasure to welcome him back to the program. It is the one, the only, the author of The Deeper State. It is my good friend, Alex Newman. Alex, welcome back to the program. It is an honor to have you on. I know it's late there. Alex, my dear friend, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Sheila. It's an honor to be here with you. Well, it's an honor to have such an intelligent person who's really not afraid to tackle these issues, Alex. One of the things I was very shocked the other day, and I have to say kudos for this video. I'm gonna link in the I'm gonna link in the description below. It is called Indigenous Being Used for Agenda 2030 and the WEF goals. Now listen, folks, I was in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I saw a chief friend of mine and I walked up and I said, Oh, that's quite the interesting t-shirt you're wearing. I said, you know, that's Earth Charter, Earth First, right? I said, did you know that is socialism and Marxism? And Alex, the guy didn't have a clue. And yet the whole entire reserve is running around with this, you know, the great goddess, we have to bow down to Mother Earth. You know, like Al Gore said, Earth has cancer and the cancer is man. I mean, we've covered this for so many years, these depopulation devils that are pushing all these agendas. You talk about the United Nations education, the human rights, United Nations, by the way, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, Justin Trudeau's father, in 1982 declared the Aboriginal and Indigenous rights for Canadians. He's been working since 19 late 60s, 70s to adopt these nightmarish things. We even have a Canada's commitment to earth worship that really goes back to an earth charter that was handwritten in what looks like a Alex. For Christians, it's shocking because it's the Ten Commandments that are in what looks like an Ark of the Covenant. Maury Strong in 72 at the Rio Charter was drumming around, acting like an Indian, David Suzuki in his headdress. I mean, they really are using these poor Indians, as I call them, that indigenous is a term that a white man created. I mean, Alex, is this a science fiction or what? <laughs> it unfortunately is very real. And I think I told you I, I was at Egypt for the UN COP27, and all of these agendas were on full display. They actually flew in a, a pagan shaman from the Amazon rainforest and walked him up the top of uh, Mount Sinai as part of their uh, multi faith or interfaith climate repentance ceremony right before they whipped out their new Ten Commandments. And uh, I mean, this stuff is happening, it's real. Uh, the UN is very much in involved in this, of course, the Vatican is as well, where they're trying to fuse uh, this paganism with uh, the rest of the religions of the world, including, uh, by the way, quote-unquote Christianity, and act like really it's all one religion, and we all uh, basically worship everything, and Mother Earth, and we need a new moral code, uh, and that's what's happened, and the quote-unquote indigenous community is a very big part of this. If, if people have been paying attention, they've noticed more and more this is popping up. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, Justin Trudeau, and uh, Mexican President Lopez Obrador just met in uh, Mexico City last week and signed this big declaration of North America, 
and over and over and over again references to indigenous people, indigenous women, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and frankly, if I were an indigenous person, I'd be terribly offended, right? It's all this blather about how uh, indigenous women are, are oppressed and yes. picked on and the government needs to come and rescue them, apparently from indigenous men. I mean, they never say that explicitly, but I don't know who else they would need protection from. But it's really, in my opinion, very demeaning. It's uh, demoralizing. And, you know, I've been covering this story for a long time. The UN and the globalist cabal has figured out that people have, you know, sympathy for indigenous people. And so they're using this now as a battering ram. You know, here in the United States, you see it very clearly in the way that these federally funded, uh, federally controlled tribal governments are being used to wage war on state governments, on property owners. They're being allowed to set up these casinos so that they can then pour that money back into political campaigns of politicians that want to destroy our country. So um, th this is a very, very nasty thing we're dealing with. And it has nothing to do with indigenous people or protecting indigenous rights. In fact, uh, the lady who I learned the most on this subject from, I was just telling you before we went live, Sheila, is a full-blooded Cherokee Indian married to a direct descendant of Sacagawea, the most prominent uh, Indian in U.S. history. And uh, she's been fighting all of this because she loves the Indians. Uh, she doesn't like the federal government coming in there and kidnapping their children. She doesn't like uh, these federally funded and federally controlled tribal governments bullying Indians and basically, you know, pressing them on these reservations. So it's a really nasty system. It doesn't really work well for anyone except the federal government and the tribal chieftains being paid by the federal government here in the United States. And, uh, you know, the UN, they've passed this declaration on the rights of indigenous people where they've said that basically every square inch of territory that was ever looked at or seen by somebody who was indigenous needs to be returned to indigenous peoples uh, in Brazil. I actually covered this story. I was the only reporter in the United States to cover this story. They removed entire towns and villages from the map. Uh, they actually sent federal troops in wearing UN insignia, UN helmets, and they told them that, sorry, you have to leave all your farmland. You have to dismantle your house because we're giving this land back to the Indians under you know these UN accords. So I actually got in touch with one of the chiefs of these Indians, the Zavanchi Indians, and what he said to me was incredible. He said, look, th this is a lie from the government. Uh, we're Indians of the Flodasta, which is the, the jungle, the forest, not uh, Indians of the Cejado, which is this kind of savanna type ecosystem that they have in Brazil. And as he says, the idea that this land is going to be returned to us or that this land was ours or that we wanted is, is ridiculous. It's a scam by the government. And, uh, and this is happening all over the Americas. It's happening in Australia. And it's a very, very dangerous agenda that, again, has nothing to do with protecting or caring for uh, descendants of Native Americans. Absolutely dangerous. And indigenous peoples, and again, I call them Indians, but, you know, they couch it in this indigenous because, Alex, it sounds so, oh, it just sounds so good. But again, Indians all over the world are duped because they're advancing their own evil agenda. You know, it goes back to the sustainable development goals, undermining property rights, destroying Christianity and replacing it with this, well, green gospel, this paganism, this pantheism that I've talked about for so many years. I worked for environment. I worked on these disgusting sustainable development garbage and the thing is and and you've covered this so well is the united nations actually has well the city of vancouver for example undrip strategy they have a task force now and also they have canadian climate cops these undrip task force the united nations indigenous charter is just a nightmare that they're taking over all the land this goddess of cannibalism we've talked about the human sacrifice these climate summits maury strong the 
92 summit. Again, they're always howling at the moon. The, the Pope again running around with the headdress. Liawatha Warren, you know, dances with sorrows. I mean, is this shocking to you really, Alex, to see what they're doing to these poor duped Indians? And Alex, it doesn't surprise you, I'm sure, but it, I mean, all these people that are really being led to the slaughter under the seemingly benevolent guise of the United Nations charters. I mean, is this frightening? It's frightening to me. Uh, it, it should be very concerning to everyone. And, and I've seen this develop. You know, I, I actually grew up in Mexico. I spent more years living in Mexico City than any other place. So I'm very familiar with the kind of cultures and empires that existed here before uh, Christianity and the gospel arrived. And uh, I don't think any sensible person, including, by the way, the descendants of those people, would want to return to that any more than the pagan, uh, than the Scandinavians today would want to return to the days of paganism and cannibalism and sacrificing children to the the demon gods, Tor and Odin and all the rest of it, right? It, it's simply ludicrous to suggest that this is a good idea. You know, growing up in Mexico City, we used to make regular trips uh, from school and stuff to these giant pyramids that they had there, and it was common knowledge. Yeah, there, there was one weekend where the tour guide said they sacrificed like 80,000 people in one weekend wow. to uh, the, the god of you know, whatever it was, the god of war or something. Uh, and to see this now being resurrected uh, by the highest and most powerful institutions that exist on the planet is very concerning. So, uh, you know, uh, Sheila, I've been going to these UN climate summits for a long time. The first time that this real, and there's always, you know, people running around with feathers on their heads and stuff. Uh, some of them probably real descendants of indigenous, others just pretending. But uh, there's one in, uh, in Cancun in Mexico City. I think it was uh, 2010, maybe 2011. Um, they're opening it up and Cristiana Figueres, who was the uh, executive secretary of the UN framework convention on climate change, uh, she starts off by saying, we're going to open this conference with a prayer to the Mayan goddess Ixchel, right? And, and that territory is where the Mayas used to live. And uh, she says, uh, Ixchel was the goddess of creativity and tapestries and all this other stuff. So I whip out my laptop and type this. This was back when Google wasn't uh, broken yet, when they hadn't rigged their algorithm. And uh, I think it took me to Wikipedia, if I'm not mistaken. So I open it up, and it turns out Ixchel is actually the goddess of cannibalism, war, and human sacrifice. So in, in uh, I think it was 2011, the uh, UN Climate Conference held in Cancun was opened with a prayer to the Mayan goddess Ixchel. Now, the, the lady who was running that conference, Cristiana Figueres, she had said that Ixchel was the goddess of tapestries and creativity. And she said, we pray that this uh, goddess Ixchel would give us uh, the creativity to weave a wonderful tapestry of you know solutions to global warming or whatever. And I thought, okay, that's cute. Uh, and then went to the internet and uh, very quickly I figured out that actually Ixchel was known as the goddess of cannibalism war and human sacrifice. This is a theme that keeps popping up, Sheila. I don't know if you were paying attention. Last year, the state of California, the uh, state Department of Education voted unanimously to approve this new uh, ethnic studies model curriculum. And uh, we went through the ethnic studies model curriculum. One of the things that was included in there was children in elementary school were supposed to chant and sing praises to these demonic Aztec deities. And these were actually, again, the deities of cannibalism, war, and human sacrifice. Uh, these are, are pagan demonic entities that tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of of people had their hearts chopped out uh, in to sacrifice to these gods. So um, they actually ended up making it mandatory in the state of California, and then uh, thanks to a, a federal lawsuit, they ended up backing down and voluntarily taking it out. But that's how sick this is now, that they want to teach every child in the state of California to sing praises to a demonic pagan 
pagan deity known as the deity of cannibalism and war and human sacrifice. So this is all ubiquitous now uh, in UN circles, in progressive circles. Uh, the guy who actually wrote that ethnic studies model curriculum, he calls himself a Cuauhtémoc. He names himself after uh, one of the famous Indians of the Aztec era. And one of the things that he has said publicly is that uh, people should be praying to these Aztec gods for help in waging a counter-genocide against Christians. So um, this is really satanic. It's from the pit of hell. And uh, they are exploiting and they're using indigenous people, just like they exploit and use everybody, right? They, they exploit and use anybody. They create any divisions that they can for the purpose of furthering their agenda. And uh, that's what's going on here, Sheila. Well, it's so interesting to say that because, of course, you've covered the education curriculum. In California, when you're talking about that, I was there. I lived in California for two years, and there was a school in Westlake Village. A parent called me and said, not only were they bowing down to these Mayan and Aztec gods, Alex, but here's the frightening thing they were doing is these African-American, Native American studies, they were teaching these ethnic studies, but the focus was on imperialism and how genocide was a good thing and these pre-Columbian American culture things and, you know, chanting to these Aztec deities, they're already making kids little warriors of social justice running around, you know, bowing down to pantheism, which is the worship of Mother Earth. I mean, again, we have Canada and the United States commitment to Earth worship and they're spearheading the push of this, as you've laid out, leftist ideology in American and Canadian schools. You and I are really the only people I ever know that did the United Nations occult agenda, these barbarous butchers selling baby body parts under the guise of women's reproductive rights. You talk about Obama implementing nightmarish things in 2007. He also went to the EPA and declared the gas of life a deadly pollutant. Why are people so duped to this stuff, Alex? And why isn't this being talked about more? Well, I, I don't think any of this duping, any of this manipulation would be possible without the multi-generational dumbing down and indoctrination that our people have experienced uh, as a result of the government's indoctrination system masquerading as an education system. There's no way they could have convinced so many Americans, so many Canadians to believe that the gas they exhale is a toxic pollution and that if they pay a tax to the UN, they can control the temperature of the planet. I mean, it's so utterly preposterous that you almost feel like an idiot even saying it and yet there is a significant segment of the American population, maybe even half of Americans, who actually believe this nonsense. And I think the, the simplest explanation is that we have been dumbed down to the point of absurdity um, uh, instead of being taught how to think, how to reason, how to use logic, how to examine evidence uh, we've been conditioned like circus animals to uh, just basically regurgitate talking points and to have certain responses to various stimuli. Uh, and and you, can, you can see this so clearly now in the education system. And I'll give you a really uh, obvious example of how this works. So uh, you've probably heard of the Common Core. This was the national education standards that uh, Bill Gates brought into the United States with help from Obama of after course, Bill yeah. Gates signed an agreement with UNESCO, the UN Education Agency, to develop global standards and global teacher training programs and global curricula. So he brought this into the United States, and uh, it was called Common Core. All 50 states have it now, despite uh, claims by some government officials to the contrary. And uh, alongside Common Core, the very same people developed something they call the Next Generation Science Standards. Uh, I refer to it as the Next Generation Pseudoscience Standards. But here's all you need to know about these pseudoscience standards. Twelve years of so-called education in science, children will hear the term scientific method exactly zero 
times in 12 years, and yet they'll study alleged man-made global warming every single year of their time in these government indoctrination centers, and yet they will never hear the term scientific method. Why? Because if they understood the scientific method, if they understood absolute basic, basic science, basic reasoning, basic logic, there's no way they would believe these idiotic hypotheses that are being marketed to us uh, in the fake media. So uh, I think this entire fraud, Sheila, depends on dumbing down, uh, depends on having turned uh, people away from God, turned people away from the Bible, turned people away from truth. And uh, none of this would be possible without that. It's just that simple. This is why this is so important for us to be talking about this agenda to the folks. There's probably 2% of the population that really understand what's going on because after all, sustainable development goals, again, it's couched in these very, I think it's malevolent, but very benevolent terms like, Alex, we just want you to have reproductive rights. No, that's actually code for we want to butcher your baby, let's face it. And now you talked about a Brazilian thing and they said, hey, this isn't even our land. Get into that. That's shocker. Yeah, so this was a crazy story and I, I spent years living in Brazil. I lived there for four years, so I've got a lot of uh, contacts down there still, and I speak the language. And so that enabled me to jump on this story that nobody else in America was talking about. And so I, I was being contacted by people, you know, simple people, humble people, poor people, whose entire villages were being wiped off the face of the earth by the Brazilian government. This was before Jair Bolsonaro. This was under the leadership of the uh, Marxist successor to Lula, who now is, is out of jail and back in the presidency through voter fraud. But so the regime of Dilma Rousseff who, by the way, was a communist terrorist. Her and her terror group actually kidnapped the U.S. ambassador. I mean, these are radical people. Uh, they had determined that all this land had at some point, maybe hundreds of years ago, been occupied by Indians, and that uh, all these people who lived there now couldn't be allowed to live there anymore. So they sent in troops, they sent in police, and they basically pointed guns at these people and said, look, you need to take down your house. You can load it into this truck. You need to be off of this land by this date. Uh, no legal procedures, no compensation, just get off this land. And the excuse was, we're going to give it back to these Indians. Well, I got a hold of those Indians who were supposedly going to get it. And again, they told me this had never been their land. In fact, they said that their uh, ancestors lived in a totally different ecosystem. They said they were jungle Indians, not, uh, I don't know exactly how you would say Cejado in English, but it's similar to like a savanna type territory where all these farms and towns were. So, um, so it was a fraud from the very beginning. But um, we see almost the exact same thing happening in South Africa, where farmers are being removed from their land uh, under the guise of, um, you know, restoring land to indigenous people, which again, it's a total fraud, right? Uh, the, the Dutch who settled down there and started farming on the Western Cape, uh, they didn't meet a single black person for hundreds of years, not until they reached the, the Orange River and the Fish River, hundreds of years after they landed on the Cape in 1652. So, you know, all over the world, people are being deceived. That's not to say that no European ever did something wrong to a, a native person in Australia or the Americas. There were plenty of atrocities uh, and there were atrocities all around, right? Uh, uh, plenty of the uh, indigenous people, they did horrific things to people who were coming uh, in, and of course to other indigenous peoples. Right? If you look at the, the history of indigenous peoples in the Americas, it was a history of constant warfare, constant genocide, constant brutality. Uh, and then the gospel came and, and ended all this. So uh, the story 
in Brazil, I think, is really an illustrative case of what the UN wants to happen. Uh, in fact, the Brazilian authorities were actually saying that this was necessary to comply with the uh, Brazilian government's obligations under the uh, Rights of Indigenous Peoples International Agreement. So, um, you know, th this is a, a very, very dangerous move that they're making, Sheila. And honestly, it's not going to benefit Indians one iota. Uh, I think there are some who are thinking that they're going to benefit from this. They're not. They're being used and exploited just like so many other groups of people. Uh, and now you see similar battles like in, in South Dakota, right? Uh, there's uh, this radical Indian organization with communist roots called the, the NDN Collective. They're getting millions of dollars, Sheila, from Jeff Bezos, from Bill Gates of Hell, and from other people like this. Why would a Marxist pseudo-Indian group be getting millions of dollars from white billionaires who hate Christianity and who hate Indians and who believe the planet is overpopulated? Well, it all goes back to this. And, you know, one of the UN's most significant religious efforts, I just covered this very recently in, in the latest issue of The New American, the cover story I wrote, it's called The UN's New World Religion. And so I break down some of these organizations that the UN has stood up to advance this agenda. The most important one is called Religions for Peace. And if you look into it, it's funded by the UN, uh, multiple UN agencies. It's funded by the U.S. State Department. It's funded by Soros. It's funded by the Rockefellers. Huge, huge pagan element in there. And the lady who is running it now, and all of this is, is verifiable, she's the Secretary General. Her name is Aza Karam. And uh, before becoming the Secretary General of this UN front group, Religions for Peace, which, by the way, has the support of the Vatican and all sorts of uh, pagan organizations, Hindus, you know, all these occult spiritual things, New Agers. Uh, before becoming the Secretary General of this organization, Aza Karam was actually at the UN Population Fund, which is, of course, the UN agency dedicated to reducing the population of people on planet Earth. So there's a direct tie-in here, Sheila, at the uh, COP27 in Egypt that I just got back from, uh, what, a month and a half ago? Um, this was on full display, right? Uh, the UN, shortly before the actual conference started, they released this document. It was called um, Uncertain Times, Unsettled Lives, Shaping Our Future in a Transforming World. And I, here's what they say. I'm going to quote directly from the report, Sheila. They say, uh, evolutionary processes and ethical reasoning may have interacted in reaching the current prevailing configurations of behaviors and institutions. But in today's uncertain times, there's novel elements that present fundamentally new challenges, and those configurations may not be a good match. Okay. Uh, in other words, they are claiming that morality and ethics evolved with humanity and that the previous morality, the previous ethics are no longer adequate for caring for Mother Earth. And so they actually go on to say here, and again, I'm going to quote directly from the report, uncertainty itself can be a source of knowledge to be mobilized to act differently, something that empowers individuals and societies to adopt fundamental changes in choices <laughs> that leads people to act according to new moral codes and that can enhance cooperation. So uh, what they're talking about here is ushering in a new moral and ethical system. They believe that the Christian ethical system, right, the Ten Commandments, the two great commandments, that those are obsolete, that they've resulted in this alleged planetary uh, crisis, this climate crisis, and that the only way to fix it is to come up, and, and again, they say clearly in the report, they believe that this evolved with mankind. It wasn't delivered by God to mankind. It evolved with us. 
and now they say it's time for a new moral code because the old one isn't working. And if you want to know what that new moral code looks like, look at China. Look at Canada today, where they're encouraging people to kill themselves if they don't feel good or if they have some disease or whatever. Right? This is a, a pagan system of values that will take us back to the barbarism of the pagan Scandinavians, of the pagan Mesoamericans, and of the pagan peoples who've existed around the world and across Europe before the light of the gospel came and enlightened us and taught us how to live properly. Wow, you've said so much there. I mean, really, China is the goal of the New World Order. You know, it's funny, my book, Green Gospel, the subtitle is The New World Religion, because this green theology, Alex, really is permeated everything. In 2009, Al Gore sent out to every church in America, they sent out green grants. If your church was a climate change church peddling the green gospel, you were going to get funds. They've still been doing it. Obama said in an announcement several times they had to, you know, accommodate the acquisition of territory land. Recently, Biden has come out. He issued that proclamation creating the, what was it, Indigenous Peoples Day? The UN has Indigenous Peoples Day. I have a copy of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, aka UNDRIP. And if you read this 32-page nightmare is what it is, Alex, in this these articles, Indigenous peoples have the right for them to be totally protected in their environment to the point where they will boot you off your own land. They don't want you to have rights anyway. That's part of the whole agenda. Does anything really absolutely shock you in this anymore? It doesn't shock me anymore because I've been studying this for, for so long now. Sheila, my entire career in journalism, I've been studying this. And so I know how they work. And you know, now the religious component is getting to be very significant, Sheila. Uh, Peter Drucker, he's dead now, but uh, his his cover story, if you will, he's a you know, big-time elitist. His yeah. cover story was management guru, right? He was supposed to be this big wig <laughs> yeah. on teaching how people how to do management. But um, he, he talked openly about this vision he had uh, to bring about major changes in the world. And he talked about a three-legged stool. And the first leg of the stool, he said, was the government sector, right? So the United Abominations brings all the governments of the world together, and they come up with these crazy agreements, like Agenda 2030, the Sustainable Development Goals. The second leg of the stool, he said, was the World Economic Forum, right? Uh, so you have the World Economic Forum actually signed a strategic partnership, bringing the, the business community to the table on these SDGs on Agenda 2030. And so Peter Drucker said the, the second leg of the stool was the private sector, the businesses, and that's where the World Economic Forum comes in and that they bring all the major businesses of the world to the table in this public-private fascistic partnership. Public-private partnership, people need to realize that is just fascism. Uh, Benito Mussolini described fascism as the merger of state and corporate power, which is exactly what the World Economic Forum and the UN are advocating when they talk about this public-private partnership. Yeah. And the third leg of the stool, and this is where we are now, they're putting the third leg of the stool on right now. That is what he described as the social sector, which he said is primarily the religious communities of the world. And, you know, I had a 40-minute exclusive interview with the organizers of this crazy religious stuff at the UN summit. They didn't realize that, um, you know, I'm a Christian and I see through this madness. So they uh, they spoke pretty openly and pretty frankly. But it was so obvious to me what they were doing. It was not surprising at all. But it was shocking that they would talk about it so openly 
openly, Sheila. I encourage people who don't believe me to go watch this video. We put it on Rumble and YouTube and everywhere. One of the organizers of this, he was the CEO of the Peace Department, uh, James Sternlicht. He says to me, yeah, you know, we got some bad press from from saying this was a new Ten Commandments. So we're, we're now describing it as an addendum to the Ten Commandments, right? Just a little bit of a God complex here. We're just going to come up with whatever Ten Commandments <laughs> would feel like it. Yeah. And then he says, we're now working on a third covenant. Okay, we're working on a third covenant. And this third covenant, he said, is going to help us build heaven on earth. Uh, and so you bring this all together. And I mentioned earlier the group Religions for Peace, which is basically a UN front group. A couple of years ago, they came together in Germany and they signed the Alliance of Virtue, where they all basically agreed that uh, we're, we're uniting on what they described as virtues shared widely across our religious traditions and virtue heritages. Uh, and as you read in this declaration, their final declaration, they openly said, and, and I'm quoting here directly from their text, I've got it in front of me, they say that they urge religious communities to invest their resources in alignment with achieving the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, continuing, they also said, we commit to human development as set forth in the Sustainable Development Goals. They go on to say they will advocate for government policies that are in line with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So here you have the religious leaders of religions purporting to represent maybe 7 billion people, right? The Vatican, Protestant denominations, Orthodox denominations, Hindus, Shintos, Buddhists, pagans, uh, astrologers, New Agers, you name it, all there. They're all agreeing that they commit that human development should be in line with the Sustainable Development Goals. Well, if you go read the Sustainable Development Goals, you'll realize very rapidly this is not compatible with the Bible at all all. And so what's happening here is this three-legged stool. And so, you know, long way of, of saying, Sheila, I'm not surprised by this anymore. What is a little bit surprising to me, though, is that they are now just so open about saying these things and then still expecting us to go along with this. Let's go back to this climate repentance ceremony because it reminds me of what they did back in 1992. In 1972, I think it was Maury Strong that did this with Suzuki. Again, these sort of repentant ceremonies calling for people to repent. They have little kids confess your climate sins. I mean, this is so destructive because, well, and speaking of destructive, they think we have a destructive lifestyle with our gas stoves. They got to save Mother Earth. This ecumenical movement I talked about in my book, they have this green patriarch. And I think that was down there in Sharm El Sheikh, part of that Sinai Peninsula. What were there? It was, uh, and that's very significant. Biblically, Mount Sinai, the 10 commandments from the Bible were revealed to Moses. So, you know, when we look at these 10 principles, you know, we're stewards of this world. Oh, that sounds so good. And we creation manifest divinity and do no harm and blah, 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 and repent and return and every action matters. But the truth is, this is, it goes back to depopulation. And yet, like you said, United Nations Population Fund, and they have this interfaith mission that again, I talked about in Green Gospel, they want to unite the one world religion, the world's great religions to radiate wisdom, to heal the world. The Pope met with an imam six years ago and again last year. I mean, this is really stunning, isn't it, Alex? When little children, you have many beautiful children. Can you imagine them repenting, you know, if they're not running around with an Aztec god chanting about cannibalism? They have to confess their eco-sins. Kids are calling this anxiety. Oh, I have anxiety. I shouldn't have been born because I'm killing Mother Earth. This is sick, isn't it? 
It really is sick. It's a total inversion of uh, the moral principles that God has revealed to us. And it is ultimately, uh, we, you know, we just have to say it clearly, it is ultimately satanic. Jesus Christ himself is actually quoted twice in the Gospels saying, if you're not with me, you are against me. And uh, when you look at these things, it is so crystal clear that these people are not with Christ. These agendas are not with Christ. They come from the pit of hell. And, um, you know, if you're against Christ, that's antichrist. So uh, we, we need to speak very clearly, I think, as Christians you know, with love for these people who are deceived, who are incredibly lost. But we need to speak clearly, this is wrong. This is a lie. This comes from the pit of hell. It is antichrist. Uh, and it is not in any way compatible with Christianity. And I think um, we do uh, fellow Christians and the world a disservice by, you know, beating around the bush and, and pretending like, well, you know, it's just some minor differences in theology. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is absolutely abhorrent and it is absolutely incompatible with the Bible. Well, it is. And again, when I wrote Green Gospel, I said, listen, folks, we really have to look at the real gospel because this green agenda, Alex, I don't think that Christians really understand how, and you mentioned the word right now, and thank you for that, anti-Christ, anti-human, and it really is anti-human, anti-God, anti-everything in your lifestyle. A better name for green alternatives should be unreliables. I mean, they're really running roughshod over every aspect of our lives, Alex and they want to rid the world of fossil fuels that would drive humanity i've said for years back to like freddie flintstone days medieval times can you imagine a world out well it's actually brave new world it's like this dystopian future and you know they're canceling pipelines they're pushing these disgusting filthy electric cars that are blowing up and setting houses on fire these electric vehicle fire catastrophes and the you know bird choppers that i call windmills i mean does it feel like we're living in a, a like sort of like a twilight zone alex it does it, it really does and you know if, if these maniacs get their way there's no way that the number of people we have on the planet will survive uh, it's just not possible you cannot support eight billion people on planet earth with the kind of nonsense that they're advocating if you want to see what it looks like go look at sri lanka when they implemented the un's uh, agricultural policies what yeah. happened the agricultural system collapsed and people started starving right um and of course there was an uprising and thankfully uh, Sri Lanka is, you know, an island and this didn't happen worldwide, but they want those kinds of policies across the entire world. And we need to be clear about what that would do. It would result in enormous numbers of deaths. Uh, it would result in uh, mass starvation, mass hunger, people freezing to death. And the people at the top know this, right? It's, it's not that they're stupid. They're actually very, very intelligent. And so we have to assume that they're doing it in the full knowledge and understanding of the consequences. So uh, I, I think we need to recognize that these people are almost by definition the enemies of humanity, the enemies of God. Uh, and, and for the folks out there who think this sounds a little bit far-fetched, you really need to read your Bible, right? Go read Psalm 2. Go read Psalm 83. Yeah. Uh, the, the powerful people of the earth have been conspiring against God and against his anointed one and against his people for thousands of years. There's nothing new under the sun. In fact, the Bible repeatedly refers to Satan as the god of this world, the prince of the power of the air. Uh, in 1 John chapter 5, it talks about the whole world is in the hands of the evil one. And so, um, you know, if this stuff sounds far-fetched, it's really just because you haven't been reading your Bible. 
it said the enemies make a tumult and that's that's incredible they've consulted together in a confederate against these and it says the tabernacles of edom and the ishmaelites this is the same stuff alex that is going i guess been going on since the time of the midianites and all the other ites and you know god actually is in charge of things but i think what people don't understand you know i've had a lot of people contact me lately saying you know where is god and why is all this bad stuff happening i can't afford to buy meat or eggs you know they want us eating z bugs there's the biggest <laughs> cricket plant in canada now you talk it was did you say there was the biggest bug plant being built in and what state was that in again I was in Illinois, just right outside of Decatur. Wow. So we have another bug plant going in. And I was doing a research on cicadas and crickets. And I did not know this, shockingly, that what they excrete inside of them can actually totally destroy a human being's intestines, you know. And yet people are just sort of wandering around like mindless zombies singing kumbaya while Rome burns around us really talk to the audience about what is really important going forward for people that are listening to this program what's really essential right now for people to understand I, I think especially Christians yeah, very happy to do that, Sheila. And before I do, I, I want to just build a little bit on what you just said about bugs. Uh, when I, I I actually wrote the first article about this. Somebody in the UN, I've got a lot of sources in the UN, uh, people who work there but really don't like what's going on. And uh, back in uh, 2013, somebody from the UN sent me this paper from the uh, World Food Program and the Food and Agricultural Organization, uh, literally saying that we were going to have to get humans to eat bugs. Um, and uh, my article, was, you can find it in the New American, It was this was 2013. 13, it was uh, UN colon let them eat bugs. And this report from the UN said, look, we're going to have to brainwash the people of the West. We're going to have to brainwash their kids at school. And we're going to have to propagandize them in the media to get them to eat bugs. Uh, and of course, that's exactly what they did. And that's exactly what they're doing now. The propaganda is out of the closet now telling us to eat bugs. They're brainwashing kids all over the world. And even here in Florida, people think Florida is this utopia. It's not. A parent of a fifth grader in Sarasota sent me the schoolwork that they were doing. And it was all this garbage telling kids to eat bugs and so i looked in uh, the uh, national library of medicine this is like a big database where the government collects all these studies most of which it funds by the way and so i found uh, some studies on the eating of bugs that the government knows all about because the government helped fund and here's a, a 2017 one uh, it says that bugs produce a compound in their exoskeletons called a, a chitin or chitin uh, somebody told me how to pronounce it i don't remember but uh, here's what it says these are direct quotations from the study eating this chitin uh, will provoke human innate immunity to generate a deluge of inflammatory cytokines which injure organs leading to asthma atopic dermatitis etc and in persistent situations lead to death multiple cirrhosis systemic lupus erythromatosis sle cancer, etc. Then in 2019, another study, this one's even creepier, uh, they found that uh, insects are a major vector for the transmission of dangerous parasites into humans. And some of these parasites, I mean, they're so crazy, you can't even imagine the things that they do. Like they literally like hijack your brain and it, the, the brain of certain critters and cause them to like commit suicide. I mean, stuff that's just mind blowing. So there's nothing safe or healthy about eating these bugs. Uh, and so now to, to your question, Sheila, you know, what should we know? What should we be doing? Um, you know, 
the body of Christ, uh, the Bible says, is made up of many members, and we all have different responsibilities, right? Uh, some of us could be the eye, some of us could be the ear, and uh, you know, no role is more important or less important than another, but we all have different roles to play. You know, I, I'd be my role as a journalist. I always go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Uh, it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, uh, expose them. And so I feel uh, just incredibly blessed that I get to reprove and expose uh, six days a week, uh, take the Sabbath off, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll do it as long as the Lord gives me breath. Now, other people have different roles, um, and that's quite all right. You know, we all have certain things in common as Christians. I think uh, the most important thing that really has not been highlighted, obviously, uh, other than obviously, you know, the gospel of salvation, the gospel of the kingdom, I mean, those are things that all Christians need to be familiar with. We need to be out, uh, you know, fulfilling the Great Commission, preaching the good news, making disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the things that God has commanded us. But um, we live in a very strange time, right? If you read your Bible upwards, downwards, sideways, any which way, you will never find find any delegation of authority over the education of children to Caesar. It's just not there. Not even to the church, believe it or not. Now, that's not to say you can't delegate some of your parental responsibility, but if you read the Bible, all references to the education, the upbringing, and the discipling of children, it always is described as the responsibility of parents. It's true in the Old Testament. It's true in the New Testament. Right? Go to Deuteronomy. Go into chapter 6. Go into chapter 11. We're told we should be teaching our children about God and his laws and his ways when we wake up in the morning, when we're eating, when we're walking by the way, when we're going to bed at night, right? You're literally supposed to be teaching your children about these things all day, every day, all year for your entire life. Uh, as long as you have those children under your care, God has entrusted you with this sacred responsibility. You can't just say, well, you know, I pay taxes, and so I'm just going to hand my kids over to Caesar. Yeah, I know Caesar likes to kill babies. Yeah, I know Caesar lies. I know Caesar wants me to eat bugs, I, you know, I, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you just can't do that. You just can't do that, especially not anymore, right? Back in maybe 1960, before the Supreme Court formally took the Bible and prayer out of schools in America, maybe you could have made a very bad argument that the schools were still nominally Christian. Today, not even close, right? We just talked about how in California they wanted the kids to chant the praises to these pagan, demonic, Aztec deities of cannibalism and war and human sacrifice. So I tell parents, get your children out of the government's brainwash camps. Yes, get um, them out of these I, I'm schools. on the advisory board of a, of a group down here, Sheila, called the Nehemiah Institute, and they've been studying this now for decades. They've been studying the worldview of Christians and children and the population, and uh, they do these uh, wonderful surveys uh, to determine where people's worldview is, right? You could, be, you could have a biblical worldview if you get, you know, perfect score, basically do your views align with what the Bible teaches, or you could have the opposite, right? A Marxist worldview, a secular humanist worldview, um, and on that scale. And what they have found over uh, almost four decades of research is that about 80% of Christian children from Christian homes who go through 12 years in a government indoctrination system will leave the faith, they will leave the church, and... Um, you know, chances are very good that they will not come back. So I, I won't say that homeschooling will save your children. I won't say that Christian education will save your children. Jesus Christ will save your children. Amen. But it certainly won't hurt. And our responsibility as parents is absolutely sacred. So uh, I do hope that parents will take that to heart. If I had, you know, one single piece of advice for folks, it would be that. Um, and I would also say, you know, read your Bible, be in the Word. Uh, God is in charge. God is going to stop this evil. It's coming. You would not want to be Klaus Schwab or George Soros 
Soros or the Rockefellers when that happens. Trust me. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're, we're in a spiritual war right now. And, uh, you know, as I quoted earlier, Jesus from uh, Matthew and Luke says, if you're not with me, you're against me. Um, if you don't know what side you're on, you're probably on the wrong side. So so be in prayer about that and, uh, and recognize that this is a war. Uh, we don't send our children off to war as child soldiers. We train them, we disciple them, and then later they can make themselves useful in the kingdom. But uh, also in the political realm, you know, I hear a lot of Christians say we shouldn't be involved in politics. I, I think that's wrong. I won't go as far as to say as, you know, it's heresy, but I think it's a very poor understanding of the scriptures, um, and, and especially in countries like ours, Sheila. You know, in the United States, in Canada, you know, our constitution here in the United States, it literally begins with we the people, right? We the people yeah. are supposed to be the government. We're supposed to be in charge. And the Bible has a lot to say for people in government. We're supposed to be ministers of God. Uh, the government has a job description. It is to punish evil. It's not to educate kids. It's not to murder unborn babies. It's not to regulate your your pond or your carbon emissions or anything like right. that. It is to punish evil. And frankly, we don't get to determine what is evil. God has already defined that. Evil is murder. Evil is theft, right? Which is why the founders in America said you had a God-given right to life because God said murder is evil and government must punish it. You have a right to property because God said theft is evil and government must punish it. So I think we really need to get back to the Bible for an understanding of how our families should function, how our churches should function, how our government should function, how our economy and our business should function. Jesus should not just be the Lord of our Sunday morning. He should be the Lord of every element of our lives. And if he's not, that's a problem. So uh, I'll, I'll stop there, Sheila. I know I'm just rambling, but uh, you know, you asked for my thoughts on what Christians should yes. know, and those are some, some things that come to mind. It is a very yeah. good point. Alex, very quickly, in the last part of the program, please do tell folks how they can support you, follow you. Um, I'm very interested to learn more about the, these two articles you mentioned in the program. How can they get also signed up to the New American and anything else you want to plug, including any websites? Yeah, thank you so much, Sheila. I really appreciate it. As you know, I'm a, a huge fan of all the work that you do. You're a true woman of God, and I appreciate so much the opportunity to collaborate with you. Um, you know, before giving out some websites, I'll say one more thing about this, you know, in, involving government and stuff. Uh, you know, for a long time, for hundreds of years in the United States and in Canada, um, we could live as citizens and we could obey the government and we could obey God at the same time. And there was no conflict between the two. But we are very rapidly approaching a time where that is not going to be the case anymore. And if this so-called pandemic taught us anything, it's that if we go along with what the government says, we're going to get us in to big, big trouble. So the Bible is filled with examples of God's people defying illegitimate and evil government decrees. And go to Exodus and look at the Hebrew midwives who refused to kill the unborn babies, even though Pharaoh commanded them to. Uh, go to uh, the book of Daniel, right? You'll read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refused to bow down to this ridiculous golden idol that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And, and, and go study their response to King Nebuchadnezzar and just memorize those words because there is a time coming. I, I can sense it. I can feel it. I think we all can as Christians, if you're paying any attention at all, where we're going to be in that position. Bow down to this statue. And it may not be an actual golden statue. It may be something different. It may have to do with, you know, uh, supporting something that's contrary to the Bible, like this LGBT agenda or whatever, right? And we have to say, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, look, we don't have to answer you that, uh, on this matter, King, but our God can protect us from your little fiery furnace. And guess what? Even if he doesn't protect us from your fiery furnace, we're still not bowing down to your ridiculous golden statue. Uh, and just remember those words, folks, because there's coming a time now where Acts 529, you know, it, it is better to obey God than men. 
that's going to be the situation that we find ourselves in if you haven't already right if you live in sweden if you live in the uk a lot of other places uh, they're trying to make it illegal to be a christian so just keep all that in mind so people if they want to find me uh, my personal website is libertysentinel.org. Uh, people can get my books, my DVDs, if anybody wants to like donate or uh, whatever. That's all at my website. I also put up a, a very eclectic mix of stuff, uh, uh, everything from you know articles I write, videos I do, to interesting things people send me. All that is at libertysentinel.org. I am senior editor of The New American magazine. You can find uh, the, the online part of that is at thenewamerican.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the print magazine there. All these articles that I mentioned, those are in the print magazine but a few of them did make it online so uh, you can find those there you can also uh, if you don't want to subscribe to the print magazine or even if you do you can sign up for uh, daily emailed headlines where you'll get the top news of the day we, we put up probably 10 or 15 new articles every day now so we'll email you a handful of the best ones every day or every week or whatever you ask for I am executive director of public school exit it's a ministry it's an evangelical Christian ministry our goal is to get uh, as many children as possible out of the government's indoctrination center so we're working with children churches and parents to make that happen. Um, I know executive director sounds like a fancy title. I'm just a volunteer and I don't get paid anything or anything. It's just a passion. And then um, I write for a lot of different publications. Uh, I've been writing a lot for the Epoch Times, doing some documentaries, just appeared in uh, a documentary that Fox dropped yesterday called The, the Miseducation of America. So people can find me there. Um, and uh, on social media, I'm at uh, Alex Newman underscore J-O-U on Twitter, uh, Alex J. Newman 86 on Fascist Book. And then I've got, you know, Rumble Channel just look up Liberty Sentinel and you know all those other ones I'm on Gab Getter and in fact I use those oftentimes more than the others so uh, thank you so much Sheila really appreciate you having me on and appreciate all that you do and God bless you well listen Alex God bless you thank you for and, and I really want to end on this note the fact that you quoted Acts 529 I was just reading that today and when Peter said it but it was kind of all the apostles saying listen we have to obey God rather than man when Shadmach Meshach and Abednego they didn't just not bow down they were actually willing to die for what they believe in and a lot of people have told me listen Sheila shut your mouth but I can just see one of the things that John the Baptist said whatever you do shut your mouth right Alex <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. no it's so true and you know and look at Daniel too Daniel's a, a really good example for us you know the, the king passed this law that you couldn't pray to anyone except him and what did Daniel do he went up to his apartment he opened the windows wide so that the whole world could see him defy this evil illegitimate law and he got on his knees and he prayed to the true God and so you know we as Christians we don't want to be delivered deliberately defiant we don't yeah, want to just be defiant yeah. for defiance's sake but you know when there is a conflict between our obligations to god and our obligations to the state we have a clear clear mandate a clear duty to do what god says and i love what you just said sheila you know even if it means death uh, we have to be prepared for that now god can protect us um and and he may well protect us and if you remember the rest of the story of shadrach meshach and abednego he threw him in the fire and god protected him in the fire and what happened when they came out the was like, oh my goodness, your God is the real God. Everybody has to honor that God. And so, you know, God can use you in a powerful way like that, but you have to be courageous. You have to stand firm and uh, do not let these evil tyrants and these powers and principalities manipulate you with fear or with ignorance. Uh, the Apostle Paul says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We don't want him to outwit us. We need to be aware. We need to be courageous and we need to stand firm on the truth of God's word. Well, Alex, thank you for that information. Incredible job. I did link the uh, show folks that Alex also did a little more information on just how the indigenous
agents are being used. I've got the UNDRIP, again, the United Nations charter that they use, as well as some more information on Canada and the United States. <laughs> Get this commitment to earth worship. It is shocking. Folks, you have to be up on this. You know, we talked about eating the bugs. We know the what's gone on in Davos and the World Economic Forum. This great reset. This is a nightmare, folks. We have to do the great rejection of all of this garbage. Again, Alex, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the program, sir. God bless you. Oh, thank you so much, Sheila. And uh, for the folks out there who do end up reading the article that we did on the UN's New World Religion, you are quoted in there. Uh, you sent me some really good comments we included. And thanks again, Sheila. God bless you. Keep up the phenomenal work. And uh, hopefully you. we'll chat again very soon. I appreciate that, Alex. God bless.